hey, Joe Casaboni here, and I'm just letting you know that how I built it is now Streamlined Solopreneur. So if you're seeing a new artwork and a new name in your podcast player, that is expected and by design. The new name better reflects the mission and really what has been the mission of this show for the last few years, and I'm really excited about it. All the links in the show notes and how I built it will still work, but the show also has a new home over at streamlined.fm if you want to check it out. Thanks so much for listening. Hey, everybody, real quick before we get started, I want to tell you about the Build Something Club. If you want ad-free extended episodes of this podcast in the form of a podcast called Build Something More, as well as access to a community, live streams, bonus episodes, and deals, check out buildsomething.club and sign up for just $5 a month. You'll get a bunch of great content and you get to support the show directly. Today on Build Something More, I talked to Kelsey about what it was like working in the stationary field. I'm a huge stationary nerd. And then we talk about what it's like being business owners and parents in the time of a pandemic. So it's a really good conversation. Uh, we went over time a little bit, but I think you'll really enjoy it. So again, that is buildsomething.club. You can sign up for $5 a month or $50 a year. And everybody who signs up gets an exclusive member chip. That's a customized poker chip to show that you are a member of the show. Head over to buildsomething.club today. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 220 of How I Built It, the podcast that offers actionable tech advice to small business owners. I'm trying on that new tagline. It used to be the podcast that, used to, that asks how you built it. How did you build it? But uh, we're, we're shifting a little bit. We want actionable advice for people who are actively building things. Anyway, my name is Joe Casabona. I'm your host. Our sponsors for this week are Text Expander, Research Content Pro, and the Events Calendar. You'll hear about them later. But first, I want to bring on our guest for this week. Her name is Kelsey Kerslake. She is the CEO of Pinegate Road and the Align Business. And we're going to be talking about how she went from zero to hero, how she went from uh, $200 to $16,000 in three months. I'm excited to tell her story. Kelsey, how are you today? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, when I saw this topic, I thought it was great. Um, I know that a lot of uh, small business owners now, as we record this, um, we're still in a pandemic. They're trying to think of unique and creative ways to grow and pivot and how to optimize their business. I am one of those people. Uh, so this will be as much for me as it is for the listeners. But before we get into all of that, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so my name is Kelsey Kerslake. I come from a background of graphic design, brand design, brand strategy. Um, I have my BFA and MFA in graphic design. So that has always been my background, the, the artist. I kind of picked graphic design because I was like, ooh, it's going to be on computers. Maybe I can make money one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I always knew I wanted to be artistic, creative, that kind of thing. Um, so I actually started my business while I was in grad school as a lifestyle blog. Um, I was freelancing and doing all of this kind of thing on the side. And then I went into corporate America as a stationary designer for American Greetings. 
So, nice. yeah, <laughs> um, I was doing my hand lettering, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then I took my business, I'm kind of like skipping over the stuff, but I took my business full time in 2016. Um, and that is really when I realized, okay, I have to take this business and turn it into something that's beyond me just doing my passion. And I actually have to learn how to run a business. And I really failed that year. (laughs) I was basically spending money in all the wrong ways. I didn't understand sales. I didn't understand marketing. I just, I knew how to do my craft and my skill, but I didn't actually know the business of running an online business. So by the end of, you know, it was the summer of 2017 at that point, I'd been running my business for one year full time. And I ended up with $200 in my bank account because I did not know how to run a business. And yeah, that's kind of where I ended up after one year on my own. And it was a a really rough place to be. So that's kind of where I think the story begins. Yeah. And I think that is really something a lot of listeners will be able to resonate with because I, I mean, I know this is the case for me. Uh, when WordPress became super popular, a lot of listeners are in the WordPress space. Um a lot of us just kind of thought, oh, I'll just build something for, I'm a developer, I can make plugins, or I'm a graphic designer, I can make websites, and I'll just do that stuff for clients. But they never thought, we never thought about running the business the right way. So I think mm-hmm. that's, I think that's, this is going to be lots of great advice for people. Um, you mentioned stationary, and yes. we can talk about this and build something more. <laughs> but I am a huge, like, fountain pen nerd and stationary yeah. nerd. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, I, yeah. My current notebook is from uh, the well-appointed desk. I don't know if you, Anna Reiner. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, it's like this vintage writing, like, typewriter Ooh. writing paper. Uh, I'll put a picture uh, in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 220. But maybe we could talk about that in in build something more because I am a giant stationary nerd. Yes, we can go into it. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, but for now, let's pick up with your story. You, after a year in business, you had two hundred bucks to your name or maybe to your business's name. Yeah. And um, how did you how did you turn that around? Okay, so the first thing I did was I I cried in the shower. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my my rent the next month. Um, At that point, I was engaged to my husband, and we were living together. And he was like, Kelsey, like... You've, you've reached the end of this experiment where you're running your own business. It's time to go find a job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought my whole dream of, you know, running my own business was coming to an end. It was like, it sounds dramatic, but that was one of the roughest parts of my yeah. life because it was my whole dream to be able to run my own business. And I actually started applying for jobs um, and I made it to some top interviews and some pretty big companies and one in particular, I didn't make it. Um, and that was when I was, I, I'm not going to share names or anything, but like, that's where I was like, oh my gosh, um, I guess I have to go all in in my business. So it was almost like my plan B was my actual plan A. And I'm just really thankful for God and the universe for pointing me in this direction, because even though it was a really low point, it all really worked out. And I'll kind of share what that looked like. So for that first, like, knowing that I had to go all in in my business from that point, it was really, how do I get out of this survival mode? I think that when you just need to make the money in order to get by to the next month, 
it's you go into that hustle mode. You go into how can mm-hmm. I make money? How, what can I even do? I don't care if it's within my expertise. I just hope that I'm able to make it by to the next month um, or the next week even. And so that's where I was. Um, thankfully, because of my background, I had a lot of design friends. I'd worked for a lot of agencies. Um, and in my corporate career, they hire freelancers um, at American Greetings. So basically, I went into this like I don't know if everybody has the access to those people, but I think if we look hard enough, we can go connect with the right people to get us the opportunities that we're desiring. And so what I did is I just emailed everybody that I knew asking for work, whatever it could be. And so one of my big tips is when you are in that, you know, in that phase, get creative. Don't let anything hold you back and figure out where you can get income to get you by with the time that you have. I thankfully was not in a pandemic. I didn't have children at the time. Like all I had was time and energy to be able to make this work. So basically, as I was doing that, um, there were a couple transitions that I made in those three months without really realizing it because I was so like, nose down, let's get this done, Mm -hmm. let's get money in. But there were two things that I was doing during that time, um, kind of subconsciously. So I started taking on retainer work. So that meant that I had some stability in the work that I was doing. So I was taking on, you know, monthly retainers. So that started piling up where I was getting, you know, a $2,500 retainer, $3,000 retainer. And I was able to start making my monthly income increase a little bit there. Um, and then I was also taking on, as I was getting out of the hustle mode, I was taking on higher value, lower time work. So booking more bigger website packages, booking bigger brands, um, really trying to get more income coming in instead of doing these like hourly jobs. So they were more of my expert level work. Um, that I was getting done. And so I remember I it was around, it was like right before Christmas, the beginning of December, I looked at my monthly income for what happened in December. And I'd hit $16,000 that month. And it, it almost shocked me. I didn't I I was so just like, Kelsey, make the money, Kelsey, survive, that I didn't even like look up to see what the numbers were. I just knew that I was in that hustle mode. So by doing those things, I was able to hit my first five-figure month and hit $16,000 that month. Um, And... Yeah. Or you have a question? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's great. If, if, uh, if it's not going to mess you up too much, I want to nope. point out, I want to <laughs> cool. I want to dig in uh, on a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, first of all, you mentioned that, uh, you emailed your whole network, uh, yes. your, your connected people asking for work. One of the best advi- uh, pieces of advice I got going from college, cause I went to grad school to basically build my business. Right. Yep. I like, um, <laughs> And one of the best pieces of advice that I never took that I didn't realize until later because youth is wasted on the young um, is uh, to get a, a real heavy quotes or a corporate job and see how professionals in your field are doing it. Make those connections um, and then go out on your own and, and use what you've learned. Uh, I don't, I, I'm not saying that that's great advice for everybody, but it is something that I learned was definitely good for me. I went out, I learned, cause you know, when you're doing like high level coding stuff, you, there's only self-taught can only get you so far. Mm. Right. And when you're working remotely at home all the time, it's different from being in an office. 
uh, and, and meeting people and making those connections. So I just wanted to point that out because I think that's, you know, I think some people are like, I don't need to get a real job or whatever. Um, but there's there's value in that if it's a way to build your network and learn your craft. There definitely is. And I will say because I built my business from a I was blogging back in the day when I started, I built a really great network of online friends. And so I think what is cool about what you're doing, you have your community, people are getting to meet each other. Like when you get in those like-minded places online, that can build your network too. So even though I did have um, people from my corporate job that I was reaching out to, a lot of the agencies I was working with were people that found me on Pinterest. So it was like this side work that I was doing that I met from people online. That was not something that happened because of corporate. So corporate is just one avenue, but like because of what we have available in community building online right now, that can be huge too. This episode is brought to you by Restrict Content Pro. If you need a fast, easy way to set up a membership site for yourself or your clients, look no further than the Restrict Content Pro WordPress plugin. Easily create premium content for members using your favorite payment gateway, manage members, send member-only emails, and more. You can create any number of subscription packages, including free levels and free trials. But that's not all. Their extensive add-ons library allows you to do even more, like drip out content, connect with any number of CRMs and newsletter tools, including ConvertKit and MailChimp, and integrate with other WordPress plugins like BBPress. Since the Build Something Club rolled out earlier this year, you can bet it's using Restrict Content Pro, and I have used all of the things mentioned here in this ad read. I have created free levels. I've created coupons. Uh, I use ConvertKit and I'm using it with BBPress for the forums. I'm a big fan of the team and I know they do fantastic work. The plugin has worked extremely well for me and I was able to get memberships up and running very quickly. Right now, they are offering a rare discount for How I Built It listeners only. 20% off your purchase when you use RCP How I Built It at checkout. That's RCP How I Built It, all one word. If you want to learn more about Restrict Content Pro and start making money with your own membership site, head on over to howibuilt.it slash RCP. That's howibuilt.it slash RCP. Thanks to Restrict Content Pro for supporting the show. And now let's get back to it. My story relates to about 10 years ago, right? When I took my uh-huh. like corporate <laughs> job and communities were um, still a thing, right? Like I remember like freelance switch, but uh, they're not as big as they are now and they're not needed. They weren't needed as much as they are now. Um, the, you also mentioned Pinterest. This is the third time this year uh, <laughs> <laughs> as we record this, that Pinterest has been mentioned on the show. I really, really need to uh, start doing more Pinterest. Um, so uh, I think the big takeaway there from your stories and 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 my anecdote is is get out there, build your network, mm. right? Uh, even if you have a corporate job now, go be part of communities, um, build a community in your side hustle somehow, be on Facebook, be active, um, because that having a, a network and good connections will pay off. 
And don't be afraid to ask, right? I think that's another thing that yes. a lot of people need to learn. <laughs> um, there is a, a quote I always remember, and it's, for every 10 no's, you get one yes, and that's how you win at everything. Um, and so it's like, don't be afraid of getting that no. As long as you're getting the no's and putting yourself out there and asking for things, you're bound to get one yes over time, and that's going to build for you. So I think that that fear of failure and rejection is something that we just need to like at least squash while we're hitting the the email send button and just just go ask for it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if someone says no, they're not going to like talk about it later. Somebody just asked me this. I can't believe it, right? Like, right. It's like it's going to weigh on you more than it weighed on that person. So exactly. I think that's important to remember. Totally. Um, and then you said you did two things uh, that you were doing that maybe you were doing subconsciously, taking on retainer work. I think that's super important, right? Whether it's like services or a monthly subscription product or something like that, it just makes your income more predictable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then you were taking on higher value, lower time work instead of hourly jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I feel like maybe you were about to launch into this, but uh, ha- I, I'd love to know how that happened, right? Because I feel like people get stuck in the, well, I charge $2,000 for a website and nobody's willing to pay more than $2,000 for a website. So I'm afraid to, I'm afraid to ask for more because I'd rather have the 2000 than lose that job. Absolutely. And I think if you're in survival mode, please go take that job. And if you have some of that cushion built up, then it's time to see what are the offerings and at the prices that are actually going to get you to the business that you want to be building. Um, And so I realized that you know, once I kind of got out of that survival mode, I had a few retainer clients. I knew my bit like my bills were going to get paid, and I wasn't like looking like, oh my gosh, I hope I can like pay for my things next week, then I started realizing like, okay, I can start to turn down some of these other things and really focus on the ones that are going to have the most impact and actually build to this this business that I'm desiring. And that's really that December in that timeline was mm-hmm. when I started focusing only on those projects. That's great. And and super important, right? I think, and I'll, I'll tell this story um, now, several months after the fact, but I took on a job um, in early 2020 and I got a down payment and then the client disappeared for a year. Mm. <laughs> I don't have a kill switch in my contra- contract. I do now, <laughs> but <Good. laughs> uh, they came around a year later and they were like, hey, so we're ready to pick this up again. And I just refunded them. I was just like, wow. you know what? This is not in my purview anymore. This is not what I'm focusing on. I should have protected myself a little better, but... Um, I know that doing this work now will hurt me more than harm me, even though I'm saying no to money. I'm in a good, in a good space for that. And I know that even though that down payment was nice and I like paid taxes on that for 2020, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I, uh, I knew it would have cost me more in the long run. So, uh, the, the looking at the type of work you're doing and focusing in on it when you can is I think really important. Absolutely. Yeah. And it it feels hard and weird at first, but it's like you have to be making those decisions for that future version of you. And once you've decided, like, this is how much I need to be charging in order for my business to be the way that I want it, you have to start making decisions in alignment with that. Yeah, for sure. And and so in December 2017, you've realized you've hit this milestone. It it must have felt amazing. Um, What what was, I guess I have, a, I have two separate questions here. So I do want to ask, I'll ask this one first. 
what did your expenses look like, right? Because running a business does cost money. People either spend way too much or not enough. Mm. Um, so what did that look like for you? You're building up this cushion. Did you cut expenses as much as possible or did you spend money smartly? I cut expenses as much as possible. I will say for a web design business, and you probably get it, it's like our expenses aren't crazy compared to some businesses. Yeah, Um, And I had invested a lot that year before. So I was investing in team and like all of the stuff that I thought I needed support with, but I didn't actually have the business know-how in order Mm -hmm. to make it more profitable or to actually put that those investments to work. So that year, I will I'll get real with numbers. I can't remember my exact expenses, but my revenue for 2017 was $44,000. Nice. So that 16,000 was like a quarter of what I'd made coming in just at the last <laughs> month, <Yeah. laughs> which is like you know, that's where, you know, the whole rest of the year, like, what was that looking like? I don't, right, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, but probably like half of that was expenses. I it was I was not, you know, compared to me in my corporate life and being profitable with my side business, I was making six figures then. So to go down to that, it was for where I was. That was like, oh, my gosh, like I'm I got to get stuff working for me again. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, that's a, you know, that resonates with me so much. That's such a tough revelation, right? Because when I left my agency job, um, I was, there was some, some payroll issues. It was like rampant across like all WordPress agencies at that Mm. time. Um, and I was bringing in money with my side hustle. I was newly married. My wife was pregnant, like, (laughs) like, um, and I was like, I don't need a full-time job. I'm making so much money. I can support us just on my side hustle. Mm-hmm. And then I went out and like towards the end of the year, I'm like, where is all this money I thought yes. I was going to make? <laughs> <laughs> We're in the same spot after one yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So luckily I had really good friends in my network and um, my wife went back to work. You know, I started the job. Uh, I started my own company like uh, three months after my daughter was born. Best time to start a business really. Uh, it's when you have a new mouth to feed. Um, <laughs> so, and and I I had the savings, right? Um, yeah. in, a, in a couple of weeks, we're going to hear an episode from Travis Hornsby about the important, like the financial aspects of starting a new business. But um, that, that just resonates with me so much because when you have the safety net of a corporate or a full-time employment job, your side hustle looks like you could, it's so good because- you don't really need to run a business that well. It's just extra money that's coming yep, in. Yep, exactly. And so when it became this actual thing that I had to make to survive, things really changed. And I ended up where I ended up. So it was it was a big it was a big switch for me. Yeah. So um the my my second question here, right? Uh, first of all, you cut as much as possible. You're right. Like as as web designers, we don't have that many expenses, right? It's like Hosting is my biggest expense. Maybe I pay for some WordPress plugins annually, right? But other yeah. than that, it's like I think my like that. business expenses at that point were probably around three hundred per month when it came came down to that bare essentials for like my invoicing system and mm-hmm. you know just my website hosting and things like that. It was. $300, which is yeah. nothing compared to a lot of right. <laughs> other right. businesses. And the, 
That's like one sixth of like rent for a brick and mortar yes. store or whatever. <laughs> exactly. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. In our fast paced world, things change constantly, and errors in messaging often have significant consequences. With Text Expander, you can save time by converting any text you type into a keyboard shortcut called a snippet. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling, and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Text Expander lets you make new approved messaging available to every team member instantly with just a few keystrokes, ensuring your team remains consistent, current, and accurate. Text Expander can also be used in any platform, any app, and anywhere you type. So take back your time and increase your productivity. But that's not all it does. With its advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. I can type out full instructions for my podcast editor, hi Joel, in just a few keystrokes. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is PPT. This will take whatever text I have on my clipboard and convert it into plain text. No more fighting formatting if I'm copying from Word or any place else. Last month, I saved over two hours in typing alone. That doesn't even take into the account the time I saved by not having to search for the right link, text, address, or number. You have no idea how many times I want to type out a link to a blog post or an affiliate link and I can't remember it and then I have to go searching for it. That generally takes minutes, but since I have a text expander snippet, it takes seconds. Text Expander is available on macOS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. I've been using it a lot more on my iPhone lately because I've been working from my iPhone more uh, because there are days when I'm just not in front of my computer right now. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or simple automation in general, now's the time. Listeners can get 20% off their first year. Just visit textexpander.com slash podcast and let them know that I sent you. Thanks so much to Text Expander for sponsoring the show. And now let's get back to it. So uh, the second part of this is once you once you've made this realization and you you did two of these things, um, what did you do to to continue that trend? Did you put a system in place or some rules in place? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually started like watching my finances all of the time, and then I really said, okay, what happened here that made this successful? And that's really when you know I looked back and realized it was retainers and it was these expert level offerings. So I just went all in, really in those two areas, and I also decided, and I'm I'm big into like energy and woo a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, what does like the future vision of Pine Gate Road look like? And when I envisioned that like a year out, three years out, I knew that it was an agency style model, but where everybody was working virtually on their own time. But I knew that I needed to bring on team and that I wanted to be the one doing the sales and the marketing and like getting the new clients and that I'd have team doing the doing. So even though I'd made $45,000 the year before total, I, or 44, whatever it was, um, I decided I was like, okay, like I am trusting in this future version of myself and where I want to be heading. And even though it feels really, really scary right now, 
I'm going to invest in a team and I'm going to do this right. And right then and there, I decided to not just become Kelsey, the freelancer, but become Pine Gate Road, the agency. And I hired my first two team members who are still with me today and scaled from there, even though I was barely paying myself. (laughs) That's that's amazing. Um, So are these like full-time employees? Are they contractors? They're contractors. Um, So I actually built um, my team to 15 contractors over the past. So that was 2017. Obviously, now we're in 2021. So that's been three years. Actually, this month is the first month where we are transitioning. I now have a full-fledged coaching business, and we are finally transitioning people to employees three years later. So I, that's something I've been really scared about as well. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh, it's not just me that I'm taking care of. It's these team members and their families and all of that. So I'm, I'm finally at a place where that is, that is where we're heading. <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, I've I've kind of gone through a similar thing over the last year or so where, um, I have a couple of contractors on a not really full-time basis, right? I send them work as, as I can, but mm-hmm. uh, one is a virtual assistant who I feel like I need to, you know, regularly send her work so she doesn't leave me. Yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's a scary thing, but you made the investment. Um, and and I should say that you, you knew what you did wrong, right? And so you were able to kind of course correct. Um, mm-hmm. So what were some of the changes you made in in hiring a team? Because I know that that's something a lot of people are scared to do. But if they want to grow, you there's only one you and there's only a finite amount of time you have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the first thing that I did was I figured out what was the thing that was taking up a lot of time that I didn't love doing. And for me, that was developing the websites, funny enough. (laughs) And so I I mean, I love doing the creative stuff, but the actual Mm -hmm. like sitting there and like developing was it. I wanted to like cry on my keyboard. (laughs) Like that was not something (laughs) I like to do. Um, So I hired a developer who came on to develop all of our sites. And that saved me about 40 hours per site that we were doing. And then the second thing was, what is taking up the most mental energy? Um, Because that is actually holding you back from being the business owner that you want to be when you have all those spinning thoughts in your heads, the the what ifs and the client details and the emails and all of those things. And even though writing my clients an email and sending the contract and doing these little things here and there didn't add up to a ton of time, the energy that it took inside of my brain was massive. So I knew that in order to clear that up, I needed to bring on somebody who was going to take care of my clients like as well or better than I would, and they would own that client experience. So I brought on my account and project manager. She's the one that like as soon as somebody books, they work with Janet. And Janet manages the entire team of contractors and gets them all set up, but that was kind of me. Like she was basically like recontracting out to mm. Kelsey, the brand designer, Kelsey, the website designer, um, Kelsey, the art director. <laughs> um, but we we built those systems and processes in as if I had this full fledged agency, even though it was three of us. So I think that first thing is, you know, get some of your time back and your energy back. And then as soon as you have that time, start to design the business as if it is that future version of your business, you know, a year from now, five years from now, what decisions can you make today that actually get you to that vision? 
I love that. What decisions can you make today that will get you to the vision of the business that you want? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's super important. Now, you mentioned, right, that uh, bringing on the contractors was scary because you were paying them and you were barely paying yourself. How, what what steps did you take to manage your money appropriately to start paying you like what you should be paid, right? yeah. If we're not paying ourselves in a business, we might as well have a full a Totally. Job. So I think yeah. then I also realized, like, what is the minimum income that I need to live off of and that I need to pay myself? So I started doing an automatic checking draw to my personal account from my business account. So I was almost, I was just, I pay myself as an employee. I actually mm-hmm. am the employee of my business. So right. um, it's just making sure that I have that covered at first. Um, and then... I also went through our offerings and, again, visioning out what that quote-unquote agency looks like. If Kelsey were gone, if I were gone, like, who would need to do each step of the process and how much would that cost? And so mapping out how much our offerings actually cost the business and then pricing them to be profitable so I'm making money on top of that was a game changer. And I did that as soon as I brought on um team, I made sure that what we were selling our our projects at were actually profitable for the business so that even if I had to hand off everything and I'm out of the business, which is where I'm at now, I don't really do anything in the business and it runs. (laughs) I do some creative direction, but everything else is handed off to team and we're still able to be profitable. So that just doing that and selling at those rates over and over again, it just eventually makes sure that you're covering you as the CEO, and then the entire team as the pieces and parts of the agency. Yeah, what what a what an incredible piece of advice or an incredible story that you mentioned here. You went through your offerings, took yourself out of it, and then figured out how much am I paying somebody to do this? Now let's make this profitable. Yeah, I I I'm sure that somebody said it something like that to me at some point, but not quite in the way that you said it, and it. it it really sticks. I love it. Awesome. Um, so uh, now I'm going to get to play that game later with some videos that I make and, and things like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so uh, because, I mean, uh, just to uh, belabor the point a little bit, um, at least for me, the contractors are replacing things that I don't I don't want to do or that I don't do as well. Right. So like my mm-hmm. podcast editor, Joel, thank you. You are invaluable <laughs> to me. Um my video editor, Fred, does a great job and I can edit videos just fine, but Fred does them great and it, it's worth it. So, um, you know, as I start to productize more of my services, that's something to think about. Um, I do want to ask you one thing uh, that I, I noticed you do. You keep saying team, not the team or my team. Uh, is there a reason? Is there a reason for that, or do you? Are you, am I just pointing something out to you right now that you never noticed you did? I never noticed it. What? <laughs> so most uh, most people I talk to usually say like, so my team does that, right? Or the team does that. But uh, it sounds like team is a proper noun for you. Ooh, you're getting grammatical here. I don't know. <laughs> um, I guess I. The thing is, is now I'm a mentor to so many mm-hmm. like designers and coaches and people yeah. um, that I use team in a way I'm not ever talking just about my team. I'm usually yeah. giving advice and we're talking about their teams, this team, that team. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's probably why I just say team because it, I'm not always mentioning like my team and I could be talking gotcha. about your team. 
Yeah, true. Yeah. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, it, it just <laughs> struck me, me as there. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by the Events Calendar, the original calendar for WordPress. This free plugin helps you with calendaring, ticketing, and more powerful tools to help you manage your events from start to finish. Whether you run school events, concerts at a venue, or fundraisers for nonprofits, the events calendar gives you the tools you need to make it your own. And with the events calendar pro, you can create custom views, recurring events, add your own custom fields to events, and much more. Run virtual events? No problem. With the virtual events add-on, you can quickly and easily manage your online-only or hybrid events. With deep Zoom integration, custom virtual event coding for search engine optimization, and the ability to embed video feeds directly on your website, the events calendar makes putting virtual and hybrid events together easier. And I can't stress this one enough. Let me tell you, I have tried to roll my own webinar software, my own live stream event software, and it is difficult and I have 20 years experience making websites. The events calendar is the tool that you need to make virtual events a lot easier. You can even sell tickets and only show the stream to ticket holders. If you run events, whether in person or online, you need the events calendar. Head on over to howibuilt.it slash events to learn more. That's howibuilt.it slash events to start running your events more efficiently today. Thanks so much to the events calendar for supporting the show. And now let's get back to it. I can't believe we've been talking for as long as we have. Um, first of all, uh, before we get into tips for the listeners, um, is there any other part of your story that you want to share? I, I've asked, um, I think, a lot of really good questions. I think the listeners have a lot to think about. But is there any big part of your story that that we didn't cover that you think would be important or interesting? We did cover this, but I would say just like the biggest thing that I always go back to is envisioning where you literally want to be in 12 months from now. And when we're making decisions from a place of like just trying to get to the next day or our heads are down and we're just like making these decisions that aren't adding up to where we actually want to go or we haven't actually thought about that bigger vision, um, we won't get there. So really think about that future vision and don't just say, oh, it would be nice to have free time one day. It would be nice to do this. And it's this kind of like fluffy vision. Get mm -hmm. really, really clear and take that time to imagine what your days look like. What does the team structure look like? What does um, what are you actually doing day to day? What does your calendar look like? And what are you able to do on your time off? And then you can design the business to get there. And I think I've been able to do that every step along my career. And it's always gotten me to where I want to go. So it's it's intentionally designing your future instead of letting things just happen to you. Uh, I I love that. And it's, um, you know, it makes me think about how uh, you get a deadline, right? And if you have a, a deadline you actually need to hit, right? You're more likely to hit that than when somebody says, just do it, just get it done whenever, right? Yep. When someone says, get it done whenever, I'm probably not going to do it yes. until you say you need <laughs> it by that date, right? Um, and uh, the other thing I thought of was a Bo Burnham. Are you familiar with Bo Burnham? He's like a musical comedian. He's very funny and vulgar. <laughs> I feel like I've heard of him, but I don't 
no no him. Yeah. He in like the middle of one of his bits, he says like uh tomorrow's a relative term, like tomorrow mm. today is today or whatever. Um and then he makes a joke about how like that makes the Annie song a lot more depressing. Um oh. <laughs> <laughs> but like you said, if you just say like whenever or someday or whatever, um, you're never going to get to that. But if you say in March 2022, I want to be able to take Fridays off, but still have the business running or whatever, like whatever yeah. that looks like for you, then you know, okay, well, if if I want to take Fridays off, I need to hire a content writer to write that blog post that always comes yes. out on Friday or whatever. So now that you're speaking about deadlines, um, I did kind of forget a part of my story and yeah. I actually was pregnant with my son. And that's when I was like, okay, got to get team like ready and set so I can actually like take a wonderful maternity leave and I pictured yeah. what do I actually want to be doing on maternity leave and how does the business need to be structured in order to get there and that was my big deadline I don't know if I would have everything set up the way I do if it weren't for that deadline yeah that's that's absolutely amazing um and uh, that's a I mean that is an immutable deadline right yes. like that's <laughs> <laughs> yep so, I love that and and um yeah, my son was born in June and I was ta- I was able to take a couple of, or July, gosh. My son <laughs> was born July 2020. I was able to take a couple of weeks off, but uh, the pandemic and my daughter being home from daycare and all that, uh, uh, yeah. that was actually the, yeah, <laughs> that was like the big catalyst for me making some hires. Uh, awesome. Because yep. I've, I was not working half of the week because I was watching my kids. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I went had down to... Run. to- I just worked nap times for a while because we'd had daycare and then all of a sudden it was gone. And I'm really glad that I did structure my business to run without me because it basically was at that point and it was still able to support our, our life. So. Yeah. Likewise. I'm, I'm grateful for everything I've learned on this show uh, to, to help me do that. Um, I have two now and simultaneous nap time is like the most coveted thing. (laughs) When, when I get it, I'm like, Thank you. Um, <laughs> We're planning for number two. And I'm like, I just don't even know how. I, I just don't know. <laughs> you, you get you it ha, like you you do it. I don't know. Yeah. You rise, you rise <laughs> to the occasion. Um, it was. Yeah. Two is very different than one for me. Maybe we could talk about parenting, too. And yeah, and build something more. <laughs> Speaking of if you are not a build something club member, then you're going to miss out on this great nerdy stationary conversation that Kelsey and I are going to have, um, as well as all of this other great content. Uh, so if you want to sign up for just five dollars a month, you can go to build something dot club. But right now, Kelsey, do you have any any uh you know, I say tips for the listeners. You've given us so many. So I'll just cut right to my favorite question. Do you have any trade secrets for us? So I actually wrote this down before. And my biggest trade secret is hire now for where you want to be in six months. Awesome. Uh, hire now for where you want to be in six months. I love that. Can you, uh, I mean, you've given us like a wealth of examples, but um I guess the example I gave earlier, right? If I want Fridays off and I know yeah. that something needs to be published on Fridays, I should hire somebody to publish on Fridays for me or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I the transition I'm going through currently is that in six months from now, I want employees who are working 40 hours per week in my business doing a lot of the doing that I feel like is on my heart right now. And mm-hmm. so I knew that in order to get there for my coaching business, I wasn't going to be able to pour into contractors with my training and my guidance the same way that I can pour into employees who are in it with me. So I just went through a big reorg and transition from moving from contractors to employees. And that was because I had to hire now for where I envisioned my business in six months. And that scared me. Things have been running really well. And I had wonderful contractors that have been with me for a long time. And I, I took my own advice and we're transitioning. And I think for the long term, it'll be a lot better, even though it it's 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 hard right now. Yeah. yeah. It's not hard. Uh, it's just it's it's a big change. So there's feelings that come up with all of that. Yeah, absolutely. And you've mentioned this multiple times throughout the show. Uh, these things scare you, but you you do them anyway and they generally pay off, right? You're not because yeah. you're not just like gambling. You're taking no. calculated risks uh, based on you know, your your gut feeling, but data and things like that as well. But you're also taking a risk on yourself. Yeah. And what better risk can you take? Can you trust anybody else as much as you can trust yourself when you almost back yourself up against the wall to have to do the things? I think this is a weird reason why coaching works so well, and especially high-end coaching, because when you invest in some of those things, it's like, oh crap, I gotta go do the thing now. Like I have no other choice. And when you can put yourself in those situations as scary as it is, it like you literally energetically become that future version of you when you make those choices. So I've done it time and time again, enough to know like, oh crap, here's this weird, scary feeling. Gonna jump in with both feet because I know it's where I wanna go, even though I'm probably gonna cry about it now, but I'll be really thankful in the future. Yep. Amazing. Amazing. Take a risk on yourself, friends. That's not the last time you'll hear this in upcoming episodes. So a little peek into the future. You're going to hear that again. So remember (laughs) it. Um, Kelsey, this has been absolutely amazing. Uh, Your story, again, your story just resonates with me so much. So I know that your story resonates with the listeners too, because we've all been there. Running a business is hard. And, um, but if you have the the gumption and the wherewithal to to see your vision through, then it's going to pay off for you. Um, if people want to learn more about you, where can they go? They can go to pinegateroad.com. And I actually have some little freebies that you can grab to help you on your journey. Um, our most popular one is about 25 profitable offerings. So if you're kind of stuck in that, like, how do I raise my rates? And are people actually going to pay for XYZ service? This gives you 25 services that are tried and true that I've done that I know people purchase that will get you to 10K months um, by implementing these into your business. Love it. I will link to that and everything we talked about in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 220. If you are a Build Something Club member, a builder, if you will, uh, you'll get to hear the second part of this conversation in Build Something More. Uh, If you are listening on the regular feed, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, Kelsey, thanks so much for spending time with us today. Thank you so much. This was awesome to get to know you and chat with your listeners. 
Likewise, likewise. And thanks to our sponsors, Text Expander Restrict Content Pro and the events calendar. Until next time, get out there and build something. 